So, it's been about a month, actually, almost two to the day. Yeah, about two to the day since we last recorded an episode. But you know what? That's okay. That's actually better than okay. That's what makes us the only sports podcast on the net that can go radio silent for 60 full days without losing a single listener. Right? Yeah, that's right. Because this is Rounding Third, and I'm your host, David A. Robbins. Let's play some ball. I don't know if any of you have heard, but it's playoff time. And as it just so happens, we are already in the penultimate round. I love that word. Four teams left. The exact four teams one of our writers here predicted, but we'll come back to that later. Kate. So the playoffs officially got underway with the wild card round on October 6th, where the Houston Astros faced off against the New York Yankees to determine who would make it to the divisional round, while the Chicago Cubs faced off against the Pittsburgh Pirates for the same honor. Both games were shutouts, both games were one and done, no drama, no gimmicks. The Astros blasted off against the Yankees winning 3-0, while the Cubs knocked out the Pirates 4-0. That took the Astros to Kansas City, where they faced the defending American League champs, the Royals, who, I must say, have been playing like a bunch of angry orphans. That's right, somebody told Oliver Twist he couldn't have any more soup, and he's mad. Houston won two of the first three games, forcing Kansas City into a Game 4 elimination game at Houston's Minute Maid Park. Game 4, Astros rookie Carlos Correa knocks in two home runs, leading his team to a 6-2 lead until the 8th inning. With only six outs of their season remaining, Kansas City loads the bases and scores two on two consecutive singles, teeing it up for Kendry's Morales to hit a golf shot through the sand trap, bouncing off the pitcher's glove, bouncing off Correa's glove. And guys, this ball isn't moving that fast. We're not talking about a 110-mile-an-hour drive. We're talking about Frogger hopping through morning traffic. Two more runs score, 6-5 Houston, no outs. A few more runs score. Now Kansas is up 7-6 in the top of the ninth when Eric Hosmer hits the juice out of the ball, making the score 9-6. That forces a Game 5 winner-take-all bout still in Houston, who canceled on Taylor Swift in case they made the World Series. Oh, awkward. Houston takes an early lead but simply putters to a stop after that, seeing their 2-0 lead erased by the 5th, with Kansas City ultimately heading to the American League Championship Series with a 7-2 victory. Also in the American League, the Toronto Blue Jays faced the Texas Rangers, the unlikeliest of underdogs, in the other half of the American League Division Series. There are only two innings of this whole series worth talking about, so here we go. Game 5. Inning 7, Blue Jays pitcher Aaron Sanchez throws a high sinker to Shinsu Chu for a ball. Catcher Russell Martin catches it and then attempts a routine toss back to the pitcher, but somehow managed to bounce the ball off Chu's bat, which is still in his hand as he's just standing in the box, minding his business, waiting for the next pitch. The umpire immediately starts waving his arms, yelling, ball is dead, but that didn't stop Roughnut Odor from breaking into a full-bore rush to the plate. The Rangers manager then starts walking out onto the field, doing this really subtle hand motion to the umpire like, hey, come here. Come here! 14 minutes of managers yelling, fans throwing garbage onto the field, one guy getting ejected, and umpires in football pads deliberating with one another about what just happened. The ruling comes down. Ball is alive. Odor scores. 
the Texas Rangers have taken the lead in the seventh inning of this elimination game, 3-2. Now, I was pretty stoked about this. I was rooting for Texas. They're my second AL team and definitely the underdog. So I was disappointed by what happened next. But Toronto, they earned it. Bottom of the seventh, Toronto loads the bases after two guys get on as a result of sloppy defense by Texas, and then a missed cue on a sacrifice bunt where Elvis Andrews dropped the ball at third, bases loaded, no outs, Donaldson scores a run on a fielder's choice, 3-3, and Jose Bautista comes up with two outs and two men on, a low pitch inside, Bautista connects, watches it fly into the left field bleachers, throws his bat over his shoulder like Snoop Dogg throwing his cane into a limo and i believe if my lip reading skills are correct utters the phrase boom there is hardly a good shot of bautista rounding the bases because the stadium has erupted into such raucous celebration that the building is literally shaking and none of the cameras can get a clear line of focus i have seen cameras shake in sporting events before but i have never seen all of the cameras shake As Bautista crosses the plate, the bench is clear because apparently Texas thought Toronto was rubbing it in. More garbage is thrown onto the field. Police flood the field. And then everything settles back down. Texas shows some signs of life in the eighth inning. But ultimately, Toronto reigns victorious and heads to the next round to face the Royals. Moving over to the National League, the cursed Chicago Cubs defeated the recently dominant St. Louis Cardinals in four games. The Cardinals won a decisive victory against Chicago in Game 1, winning the rubber match of two former teammates, John Lackey, John Lester, who won the World Series together in Boston back in 2013, but Lester, who hasn't won a postseason game since 2013, gave up three runs and got absolutely no run support from his club and dropped Game 1. But the Cubs came back the very next day, taking an early lead in Game 2, Game 3, and Game 4, and the Cubs won their first postseason series at Wrigley Field ever. Not to get too ahead of ourselves, but Theo Epstein, the GM of the Cubs who broke the curse of the Bambino when he was the GM of the Red Sox, he's so hot right now. You know, to quote Zoolander. And then finally, the Mets, the Dodgers, Chase Utley, you are a f***ing The Mets won the National League Division Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers in five games, but not until after losing their shortstop, Ruben Tejada, to the elephant in the room, Chase Utley. Seventh inning, game two, Chase Utley on first, ball hit into a routine double play. The ball is fielded to the Mets shortstop, Ruben Tejada, who tags second and then goes on to throw to first. But then here comes LA's old scrawny shortstop batting 212 on the season, who has very little value to add to his team other than injuring one of his opponents. So that's what he does. But he doesn't just slide in to second and take out the fielder. He waits until he's already out waits until Tejada has taken three steps away from the bag and then doesn't even slide. He rolls straight into Tejada's legs. He never even touches the bag, which is the whole reason you're supposed to slide to begin with. Tejada broke his leg on the play, and the only thing worse than the fact that Utley was ultimately ruled safe was that Ruben Tejada's knee didn't shatter the cartilage in Chase Utley's nose when it hit him in the face. So, Major League Baseball's discipline czar, Joe Torre, later ruled that Utley's slide was illegal and suspended him for two games. 
Utley, however, has yet to serve this suspension and won't have a chance to until next year because even after his heroic malfeasance, the overpriced and underclass Dodgers couldn't even make it to the next round of the playoffs. In each game after the incident, fans could be heard chanting, We want Utley! hoping to get some revenge for the injured Tejada. While Utley only had one at-bat in the ninth inning of Game 5, relief pitcher Yuri's Familia decided to let him fly out instead of retaliating physically, which was kind of a shame. But ultimately, I think the Mets winning the NLDS was a much sweeter form of victory than Utley having a broken nose or a big bruise on his arm. I mean, is there any sweeter kind of revenge? Maybe. At least... One particular Mets fan thinks so. According to a story in the New York Daily News, someone had a little fun editing Utley's Wikipedia page, labeling him a gutless loser who hid in the dugout scared of the New York crowd. The edit went on to name Utley as the dirtiest player in baseball, Lifetime Achievement Award, and removed his name from the Sports Illustrated 2009 MLB All-Decade Team, quote, due to the fact of being a douchebag, 2015. Even though the page has been restored to how it was before the edit, those screenshots will live forever. Moving on to some lighthearted news from this year's NLDS, the New York Mets seem to be enjoying themselves on and off the field, causing some fans to compare them to the World Series winning team from 1986. In a video posted on many sports news outlets as well as the Mets' official Facebook page, pitcher Jacob DeGroom can be seen lowering the chair of an unsuspecting Daniel Murphy while he was talking to the press, prompting Murphy to mumble yowzers under his breath just close enough to the microphone to pick it up. Murphy may have thought it was, quote, messed up for DeGroom to do that, but it didn't seem to phase his production as his home runs were the deciding factor in two of the three Mets' wins against the hated Dodgers. So that's where we are today, folks. As of this recording, the Royals are leading the ALCS two games to none, and the Mets are leading the NLCS after one game. But before we go, let's go back to that episode we recorded those long-forgotten 60 days ago because we made some predictions, and it's time to see who is the smartest shaman in the land. Starting from the bottom and moving to the top, Mr. Clayton Lawson, our self-proclaimed head writer, He predicted the championship series round of the playoffs would see the Royals and the Astros, Cardinals and the Dodgers. Of Clayton's final four, only the Royals remain. Myself, Tom Smith, and Jeff Besselman each got two of the final four teams correct. Eric Purdy came in at second place predicting Royals, Jays, Cubs, Dodgers. Only the Dodgers was incorrect there, even though he did originally pick the Rockies just to be difficult. But it was none other than our former executive producer, Kate Hunts, who hit the nail on the head. She got all four teams of this round correct. Royals, Jays, Mets, Cubs. Kate has the Mets beating the Blue Jays in six. And based on her previous track record, that's probably not too far off. Folks, that is our show. I actually had a little bit more I wanted to talk about, but we are running out of time. Um, Alex Rodriguez is moonlighting as a broadcaster for ESPN since clearly he has nothing else to be doing in October. Uh, and MLB's postseason.tv is a joke. Don't subscribe to it. You'll hardly get to see like any baseball. It's terrible. Tune in next week. Maybe. Probably. I sincerely hope to do two more episodes at least this season. Uh, one wrapping up the championship round and then of course at least one covering the World Series. I'm your host, David A. Robbins. Thank you for listening. Good night.
The Rounding Third Podcast is brought to you by writer and producer David A. Robbins. The contributing writer on this week's episode of Rounding Third was Stephen Chiraldi. The Rounding Third theme song is used with permission from John Ross. Follow us on Twitter at RTPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rounding Third Pod, or email us at roundingthirdpod at gmail.com. The Rounding Third Podcast is available on the iTunes Store. See our Facebook page for a link to subscribe. All materials published on the Rounding Third Podcast are subject to copyright and all rights are reserved by their respective owners.